0: We started this series uh, Which kind of follows along with our theme for the year here at Good Shepherd Which is to strengthen our roots And we've been using Colossians chapter 2 verses 6 to 7 To keep us rooted Uh, And last week, Pastor Dowie walked us through what walking in Christ looks like It's a great pun That's your freebie for today You can put that in your pocket and save it for later But the next imperatives that Paul gives to the Colossians Are to stay rooted in Christ More and more to be built up and also build up in Christ more and more, and to be established in the faith more and more. So let me remind you of this passage. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to walk in him, being rooted and built up in him and established in the faith just as you were taught, abounding more and more in thanksgiving. Now, these might all seem to be saying the same thing. Be rooted, be built... Be established, all right, but I think Paul wants to help us see the nuance in between these things He's not just trying to fill out the pages in this letter So that way the Colossians are impressed He's actually trying to teach them something and I think teach us something as well And so we're gonna tease out the nuances between these kind of three concepts over the next few weeks But this Sunday we're exploring what it looks like and what it means to stay rooted in the faith And why that's important for us as a congregation to strengthen our roots isn't like a one-time thing, all right? It's not a one-time thing. As a matter of fact, uh, I got the perfect example of this when we got all that rain recently. We planted a lemon tree in our backyard, like a little pot, and we're like, man, it really needs water. But then do you remember how much rain came down? All that water all at once actually killed the lemon tree because it like, got totally flooded and soaked up. Okay, this isn't like a one-time thing. But to strengthen the roots is something that happens day in and day out, week in and week out. And as us, a congregation, we have to keep that in mind as well. It's a great reminder for us to be pursuing more and more. And so one of the ways that we are going about strengthening our roots here at Good Shepherd, but it's also pretty biblical, so like take it with you if you are visiting or you're not here next week or whatever, is that we can grow and strengthen our roots by continuing to dig into God's word, to receive instruction as God's people have from generation to generation through the words of the Torah, through the words of the prophets, through the words of Christ himself and these letters like Colossians. Being instructed as a Christian, growing in discipleship and faith, is not just a one-time thing, and it's not just for old people, but it's for young folks and elderly people alike, because it is Scripture that teaches us and guides us not only what it means to be God's people, but how to be God's people in and among the world. In contrast to the instruction that we receive sociologically, culturally, at the hands of our neighbors, our communities, and our society now I think I told you guys this story a while ago so I'm not going to repeat it this morning but do any of you remember the story I told about the house we lived in in Chattanooga where they had these little bushes in our yard that I wanted to pull out and their roots were really really deep and really really strong and so I ended up tying a chain to the back of my car around those little plants and ended up having to yank them out do you guys remember this if you don't I'll tell it to you later all right this time for today I want to tell you a different story about a different set of bushes, this time not at our house in Chattanooga, but at our house here in Hayward. We have these like big grassy looking bush things, you know, they're like decorative, they're drought resistant, all that kind of stuff. And when we got all that rain recently, I walked outside one morning and they were just like flattened, you know, because they're like grass, so they're not super, super strong above the ground. And like the rain had just totally flattened them. And there were a couple that were in our way when the kids getting out of the minivan. And so Jenny was like, hey, it'd be really great if we could pull a couple of those bushes out. I was like, cool. So they're gone at school. It's before I came into the office. So I get gloves on. I get my Crocs on. I get a shovel. I get a pickaxe. I'm thinking that these things are just going to be the hugest pain to get out of the ground and I'm going to really be working myself up to pull them out. So I get out and I take the shovel and I just like throw it down at the root and I kind of give it a little pry, you know, just to test and see how strong it is. And I give it a little pry and sure enough, boop! The whole thing just comes right out and falls over. I was like, Maybe it's just the rain. Maybe it's just a fluke. So I go to the other one. Same thing happens. So I pick up these giant bushes. I mean, these things are like four foot diameter, three and a half feet tall bushes. And I pick it up and it's so light. And then I look at the ground and there are like are no roots at all. Matter of fact, there's barely a hole. And I thought to myself, how is it that that these huge bushes that are in our front yard came up so easily? had such little root holding them down. And yet it was in that moment that this passage, as I was thinking about that moment, this passage really became clear to me. Because there is a difference between something that has deep, strong roots and something that has roots that are shallow and weak. We see that in the world around us. But we can also see it within ourselves for when we are rooted when we root ourselves in the person and work of jesus christ the vine through whom we receive nourishment and sustainability and strength and sufficiency ultimately if we are rooted in the person and work of jesus christ then despite the rains, despite the storms, despite the floods of life's suffering and challenges, we will not be easily moved, we will not be easily uprooted. Paul is focusing our minds on this truth. Because actually, the concept of being rooted in Christ appears only here in Colossians. In this passage, and in one other passage... in in the letter to the Colossians, is the only place in the New Testament where this image or this concept of, or this command even, of being rooted in Christ appears. So it's not just like, well, that happened once and let's just move on. Maybe it's not that big of a deal. As a matter of fact, I think Paul is really trying to focus our attention and hone us in spiritually that no, 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 it is vital and it's necessary to be rooted in Christ Jesus. And the point of this closeness, this rootedness in Christ, is that Christ himself is the life-giving soil of our faith, kind of like you heard in the parable of the sower that Ed and shared just a few minutes ago. And next week we'll hear and we'll learn that it's also the firm and sustaining foundation of our lives. Paul is cluing in the Colossians and cluing us into this concept of being rooted because he wants us to, he wants to point us to the fact that the cross, the cross which has endured, the legacy and the story and the power and the impact of Christ and his cross has endured from generation to generation across cultures and ethnicities, languages, societies. It is endured because the roots of the cross run deep, they run deeper than anything else in our lives and so to stay rooted in christ is to stay rooted in the word and also in the same side in the same side of that same coin to stay rooted in the word is to stay rooted in the in christ because christ is the actual word he's that life-giving soil and in his cross is where we find this unmovable unshakable foundation But perhaps what's striking most in this letter when Paul is identifying this concept of staying rooted in Christ Jesus is that to remain firmly rooted in Christ, it ultimately expresses itself in two ways. The first being that we have to avoid false teaching, avoid heresy, and hold on to the orthodox teaching that we have inherited from the church since the days of Christ Jesus. We just confess it, as a matter of fact. The Apostles' Creed, that's all that is. It's orthodox teaching that all believers, they gathered all the information available, they talked to one another from Jerusalem to Antioch, Syria and Egypt and everywhere in between. And they said, this is what has been revealed to us. This is God's truth. This is the story of God's salvation played out by both Father, Son and Holy Spirit. But the second way to remain rooted in Christ is also to put off the immoral life. The one that would draw us away from the ways of Jesus and the teaching of God's word and instead to put on one that honors and reflects the truth of God's word of Christ. See, if you think about that really shallow rooted bush in my front yard. When we attempt to root ourselves in the stories and the societal demands and cultural norms of the world then we're just like that bush we can be easily uprooted it doesn't take much to move us to shift us to pull us up out of the ground and toss us in the green bin to be taken away on tuesday mornings and that's because the roots of the human mind are always shallow right we've all been petty before we've all acted super shallow We've experienced people who are like, oh yeah, that person's real shallow, right? But the mirror is facing directly on us too. This is humanity from age to age, from generation to generation. The roots of the world and of the human mind are shallow and weak because they're always short-sighted, naive, and oftentimes hopeless. Every age of humanity is like, oh my gosh, the world is falling apart. Look what's happening in the world around us. What can we possibly do? Where is the hope? And here Paul says, stay rooted in Christ. For he is the hope that endures and does not move from age to age. Stay rooted in the promises of God. Stay rooted in the person and work of God. And you will always find love. You will always find faithfulness. A steadfast faithfulness that doesn't move, is not shaken, and cannot be uprooted. This probably isn't going to land as close to home as it did for me this week. But any Death Cab for Cutie fans out here? Yes. Did you know they just dropped a new album now? They did this week. I just found out too. I love Spotify. It reminds me of my favorite bands when they drop new albums, and I'm not even looking for it. And so I was listening to this new album, and about halfway through, I got this sense that this is a really depressing, despairing, and hopeless album. But, I mean, that's kind of par for the course for Death Cab for Cutie, Uh, all right, but I'm, like, into it. But then I came across this song that had the most plays, according to Spotify, of any other track. And I'm going to play, for the, I'm going to play the song, a clip of the song and the lyrics for you here in just a second. But the reason that I want to share this with you is because I think it really identifies this sense of hopelessness and despair, of searching and longing that the world constantly experiences and can never find or have resolve to, outside of the person and work of Jesus Christ, because we have hope when we are rooted in Christ. And so we need to be continually reminded of that hope as we stay rooted in the word of Christ, the word who is Christ. So I'm gonna throw those lyrics up here and then it's like about a minute long clip. So I just want you to kind of listen and, and read. I wanna know the measure from here to forever. There's a longing, there's a yearning, there's a searching in those lyrics. And I wanna feel the pressure of God or whatever. That cracked me up. It like made me smile. Cause so I'm like, yo, bro, I got God. There is no whatever. I could, sh- like, we could tell you about him right now. You know what I mean? But that yearning, that longing, to feel the pressure of something outside of ourselves, something lasting and enduring. Now it seems more than ever that there's no hands on the lever. How hopeless is that? The world's falling apart. It seems now more than ever, things are at a loss and no one's in control. And I want to feel the pressure of God or whatever. The answer is there. You just sang it. There is one who has his hands on the lever. And only rollers keep rolling while the searchers keep scrolling. Now, I don't know about you, but when you heard that part at the end, did you think that he said, Holy rollers keep rolling? I did. The first time I heard it, I'm like, oh man, yeah, I'm a holy roller. This is great. But then he said, Only rollers keep rolling, but it still holds true. And yet for us, we can actually change the lyrics. We can actually say we're holy rollers, and we keep rolling, not because we have all the answers, not because we are hope in and of ourselves, but because we're rooted in Christ. We keep rolling as God's people, despite the fact that the world seems to be falling apart every single year, every single generation, because... We have a God whose hand is on the lever, always in control. Look at almost any page in the scriptures and you will see reminders, songs that are sung, prophecies that are written, stories that are told, that tells about this God who has control over everything, who numbers the stars, who knows every hair on your head, who set the seas and the dry land apart from one each other so they wouldn't overtake each other, that's always got his finger on the pulse of creation and humanity, always in control, never relenting, never sleeping, never turning his back. We keep rolling, ultimately, and very simply, because the stone was rolled away. In Christ's death and in his resurrection, death was rolled away. And in the resurrection of Jesus, there is no more yearning, there is no more searching, there is no more longing, for the veil of mystery was rolled away. I want to read for you again the reading that Justin uh, gave to us earlier from Romans chapter 11. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how mysterious his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been God's counselor? Paul seems to be expressing this, right? Like, who could ever know? How could we know? Is it just a lost cause? Like, none of us have counseled God. And yet... In that letter and in this letter, Paul answers the question. And he says the mystery of God is actually Christ himself. Because Christ himself is God's word. God's word that has been told and retold and passed down. Contra to the stories of this world, to the societal pressures of communities from age to age, from the cultural norms that we are expected to live into. God's word has been handed down, and that word became flesh. And in Christ Jesus, we saw the mystery of God revealed through a sacrificial death and through a miraculous resurrection. Listen to what Paul actually says right before our scripture, or not the Romans verse, but our Colossians sort of theme verse. I want your hearts to be encouraged and united in love so that you may have all the riches of assured, of guaranteed understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery. That is Christ himself. In whom are hidden all the treasures of God's wisdom and knowledge. I'm saying this so that no one will deceive you from seemingly plausible arguments. What Paul is saying is when you look to Christ, you see the unsearchable wisdom of God. When you look to Christ, you know the judgment of God. When you look to Christ, you know all the wisdom and mystery of God. And so in this way, he's like, don't listen to what seems to be plausible in the world, but instead listen to Christ Jesus because he literally is the most practical and also the most plausible because he connects heaven and earth. He connects the divine to the human. And ultimately, he says, if you receive Christ Jesus, if you stay rooted in Christ Jesus, then you actually receive the riches of guaranteed understanding. All the searching, all the longing, all the yearning, all the questions, all the doubts, ultimately answered in Christ Jesus. And what a freeing position to be in. There would be no more angst singing songs like that about wishing for God or whatever. Because in Christ Jesus, staying rooted in Christ Jesus, you're actually free from wandering. In Christ Jesus, you're free from wondering, hey, who knows if this is true? I wonder if this is real. If I travel down this path, maybe I'll find happiness. Sure, I could be content if I, you know, try to chase after this particular religion or or path of faith. And maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. Who the heck knows? In Christ, no more wandering. In Christ... We can keep on rolling. We are freed from having to scroll in order to find meaning, to find hope, to make sense of this life. And so what I want to leave you with this morning is I just want you to give yourself permission. I want you to give yourself some freedom. I want you to give yourself the same freedom and the same permission to plumb the depths of God's wisdom and mystery as you do your news feeds and social media channels. I want you to be just just as excited to scroll through the pages of Scripture, to discover more and more how unsearchable and mysterious are God's ways and yet how much sense they make through the lens of the person and work of Jesus Christ as you are to hop on Instagram or TikTok in the morning and see what's popping. And the freedom that comes with this is that you never actually have to have the right answer. You just get to explore. You never have to be, have the perfect response. You get to ask more and more questions. That's what God wants from you. You never have to have the correct behavior because ultimately you're going to fail. But because you're rooted in those things of God, because you're rooted in Christ, get liberated or liberate yourself to get lost in the riches of the wisdom of God. For in doing so, you'll discover the mind of God, the knowledge of God, the judgment of God, and a relationship with a God who loves you and seeks in-depth dialogue unlike the cheap tricks and false idols of this world. Give yourself permission to explore the mystery who is Christ Jesus and accept that invitation into a story that began with the breath of God forming the cosmos and carries us on to eternity, a new heaven and a new earth that will have no end. Staying rooted in the person and work of Jesus Christ Staying rooted in his death and resurrection is God's invitation into the depths of his wisdom and knowledge and judgment and ways. The mind of God. A mind that chose you and said, I don't want you to be my enemy. I want you to be my daughter. I want you to be my son. I want you to be my friend. I want you to inherit the kingdom of my son, Jesus Christ. And so as Paul said at the end of our reading from Romans... For from Christ and through Christ and to Christ are all things. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen.